I'm not going to be even shirtless in this motherfucker. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Indecent Proposal. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the Phillips-headed, ball-peen, gripping raw, tough-as-dog, tamping it out, stamping it in. Justin Waddell, how's it going, sir? I mean, it's okay. It's going okay. What about you? Sounds like you got something going on. I hate Earth. Oh. So, I was told to invite Steve Murphy and their family to a minor league ball game this Saturday. Yes. Because Steve's coming over to do music. And my son is dying to see a Gwinnett Stripers ball game, and they live right next to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. So I was asked to get tickets. I didn't want to get tickets. I didn't want to be the person, but I'm a nice person. So I said I went ahead and bought the tickets. And as I clicked it, I noticed something was wrong, and I realized I was buying tickets for the wrong date. Right after I clicked to choose the not protect my purchase for an extra $8 a seat <laughs> option. So I bought tickets for the wrong day. Okay. Ticketmaster, as you probably know, is a bitch. Right. An absolute asshole to deal with. Wrong day. It was supposed to be for this Saturday. I thought I had bought tickets for this Friday. My son does band. He does for the football games. You know, he plays in the marching band. So he can't do it on Fridays. And I'm baffled. So I reach out to their customer service stuff. And the chat says, we will contact you by 1 p.m. tomorrow. So I got to sleep on this, right? So I figure, all right, I was told to get tickets for this Saturday. My kid can't go Friday. I'm going to go ahead and buy tickets for this Saturday and sell or find a way to get rid of the ones that I bought for Friday. Right? There is no seats available. It's sold out. For Saturday? So I go to a secondhand place, Vivid Seats, to get my tickets. They're a little bit more expensive, you know, mm-hmm. because fuck me. I suck it up, spend another giant amount of money, and order the tickets. So now I've got two batches of six tickets. Expensive. Yeah. Then I look and I realize, oh, shit, I didn't buy tickets for this Friday. I bought tickets for next Friday, the first batch. And then I'm looking at the, the receipt, saying, all right, I figured this out, and it says the name of the ballpark and all that, cool. And then I'm looking at the new seats. It's like, well, and it's a different ballpark because the team's in fucking Memphis this Saturday. <laughs> so I have two sets of tits-on-a-bull tickets. <laughs> so you bought tickets for the Memphis game? Well, they're playing Memphis, but they're... I was told to get tickets for the Gwinnett game sure. this Saturday. They're in Memphis. Wow. How much do these tickets? I mean, how much does a minor league game cost? It's a pretty. You're talking 25 plus the service and handling yeah, and yeah. all this and it's that. It adds yeah. up. I've got to figure this out. Luckily, Steve's great. 
And Rocco doesn't have band. He's got practice but no game next Friday when those tickets are forced. So I think we'll just go to that Friday game and I'll suck it up. You almost said tickets. I heard it. But, man, it's because of this movie. But that, what a clusterfuck. This is the good deeds going unpunished thing in a nutshell, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm opening up a bottle. Well, I'm not opening. I'm, I'm pulling the cork off a bottle. One of our listeners gave me this bottle. Yeah. Rob, thank you. I'm, I'm having some of that very special tequila that you gave me. It's nice. Because, honestly, it's either this or I jump into a gigantic whirlwind of saws and just slice myself away. Jigsaw reference, what I'm talking about. It's coming out soon. So what's up? What's up with you? Tell me. Nothing, man. Just been... Watching some TV, threatening to see the last voyage of the Demeter, and never seeing it. Nothing much. Like I, like I said, I oh, I finished the Justified miniseries. Did it get better? Thought it was okay. Thought it was okay. A little, little too violent for the likes of me. But they did a nice thing at the end. I'm not going to spoil it. But um, I'm going to guess Goggins. I mean, it's a good guess. They seem to be bringing it back into the realm of the old show. If that makes sense. How is my Boyd? He's amazing. You know. He's in it for no. Seriously, how how is he? He's doing pretty well at the end of this last last episode. But he's you know I don't know if they're gonna make a second if they're gonna go back and start making more old school justified. But I hope they kind of do. I like those. I like that crew. Although if I was Goggins ain't hurting tr- for work, you know. If I was given the choice between having more justified with Tim Oliphant or a series devoted to his character from Mandalorian, I would rather have the series about his character from Mandalorian. Really? He's so good in that. Well, you, in know, small you know role. it would be well-written. Excuse me? Oh, uh, I don't care, man. You do care. You, know you what said I'll, Ahsoka you, wasn't, what, it wasn't so hot. Uh, the third episode I liked. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy Ahsoka. I, I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka in a tub. You feel me? I that. enjoy... I even enjoy bad Star Wars, though. Yeah. I don't enjoy animated Star Wars, although I've been told I should. I do enjoy bad Star Wars. I would much rather have shitty Obi-Wan... Than no shitty Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. Because I just want, I want some. It's hard to sometimes fathom how, like for the Obi Wan show, for example, we won't go into it too much, but they had a lot of time to conjure that up, and they even remember they even rewrote the scripts. I got a clip from the meeting. They had some of the audio leaked online. Said, "This is too good. Let's rewrite it. Let's fuck it up. Let's have Baby Leia bopping around in this. Um, if you want the problem? Let's introduce an Inquisitor who we don't give a fat about." <laughs> who was the? Who was? Was it Rupert Friend? He was the Grand Inquisitor, the girl, the girl who has the crisis of conscience oh, bullshit. Yeah. Is she the one? Is she does she turn good by the end? I never watched the last episode. Of course it? she does. Yeah. Of course she does. You know who turned bad though? Who? You know who turned real bad? Who? Fandom. Yeah, they did. Can't have nice things. Can't like Andor. Can't give Andor the love. Andor's getting a season two though. Yeah, of course. I wonder if the writer strike is going to put its gnarly penis into it, though. Uh, Give Disney an excuse to cut bait and write it <laughs> off somehow. They love doing that. What do you? What do you? Uh, what are you watching that you like? So well, much? I'll tell you what I'm not watching is Cobweb, which is sitting in my rental queue for. I've rented it and it's sitting there. Why have you watched it? Oh, I know why. Indecent proposal happened. Is why. Yeah, guys, welcome to September. Man, we haven't done it. a theme month in a while, so we're going to raw dog you for four episodes. <laughs> And it's, I'm, I'm, it's actually sort of a misnomer because two out of these four movies that you're going to be subjected to aren't heavy on the on the romance. No? On the scromping. I mean, you said sex-tember. It's gotta be, there's got to be scromping in each, right? And there I, is that. Rutting, as they say. Yeah. Doing it. 
Now, here's the thing about this movie. Is this the hottest of the four that we're going to do? I could say I could say yes or I could say no. You know? Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for thanks for really tuning in, tuning in hard. I get it. I know that you love it when we you love it when we break out the brand new movies and you love it when we break out the brand old movies. There's you could tell the, the you could tell that people just get all uh, they get a little bit extra spicy when we pull out a vault a vault classic. I mean, no one really knew how to t- approach this movie or talk about it and we're giving them a pathway. And this is is this could we say this is a was this a covid movie Did people blow the dust off this one during covid and give it a rewatch, do you know? I can't imagine they did because they're doing their own indecent proposals behind the scenes. Right. You ever get an indecent proposal, by the way? All the time. Man. Like, would you like to go to the Gwinnett Stripers game? <laughs> I'm going to take issue with the title, but we'll get into it. By the way, I was. When I was a waiter. Yeah. Oh, you I did get, get all sorts of... In- I got indecent proposals out the ass. People hit on you. Oh, my God, yeah. How's like older ladies that were looking for a little spark in their day. Looking, you know? looking for a little free dessert if you catch my drift. Yeah, you, you never took them crummer. up on it, huh? You never took them up? I mean, the statute of limitations, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a hefty Plus, I don't, no. I don't want... I mean, I don't want... Uh, last thing I want to do is find out I'm somebody's granddad. Is it, um, is it one of the things that you got tongue-tied and, like, couldn't speak and did a habit, habit, habit whenever they were hitting on you? Dropping... I'm listening. Wa- dropping water. <laughs> go back, try to play it cool, go back into the kitchen and faint. As long as you reimburse me the $18 I'm out, you know, for missing a shift. You were, you know. you were a waiter? Yeah, I was a waiter. Yeah. From 1989 to 1994. I believe that's five years, sir. Yeah. Some of the best years? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was some fun in there. You know, I got to really learn a lot about carrying food around and stuff. Was it like- I think everybody should work in the food industry for a period of time. Just like everybody should work retail for a period. I think it, it hardens you. It makes you more tolerant. It makes you less tolerant of some things, and it gives you a sense of reality. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the, this the movie that we're going to do is about people with some varying successes in the wealth department, and you can see where some people live in, in and out of reality. I think it's hard not to know what reality is like when you've had to work for two dollars and one cent an hour and earn every penny you make. You know, I was also a restaurant guy. I worked in the uh, I worked at Applebee's, but I also worked in a restaurant called the Ribeye, where I was a salad prep. Have we talked about that on the show before? Talked about Applebee's. I don't remember no ribeye shit. Mm-hmm. That was the salad prep. Champagne's own the ribeye. Known for its salad bar, Nick. What we would do every day was we'd create this mountain of ice and then wedge little bowls of salad fixings in them. And they were, one of the things they had, one of the fixings was pickled herring. It was one of the items you could put on your salad. It's not a great smell, pickled oh. herring. Do you ever have any of that? I've had herring. I don't know if it's been pickled. I'm, I'm not a big pickled foods person. Yeah. You don't like pickles even? Pickles are fine, but... There you go. And there are some cultures where there's a lot of pickled food. Like I order Middle Eastern food a lot. Sure. There'll be a little bit of pickled this and pickled that in the, in the, in the wrap or in the plate. Yeah. And it's my least favorite part of the dish, typically. I don't hate it, but it's, it's just dominant. Yeah. I don't like when anything's too dominant in I food. I feel you. I think uh, John Gage was dominant in the on the board of that ship. You know what I'm do saying? You think, uh, do you think it's good to have a place called Ribeyes that's known for their salad? The Ribeye. Get it right. And it was known for its salad, but it's also very, uh, had some tasty steaks. I don't know. I could tell Nothing you like stories. a tasty steak on the show we call the movie microscope. You got folks. there. It's a show where we zoom in. We wet our whistle in the prospector's tip. 
We bleed out in broad daylight. We rummage through hummus. So we talk the forest sprite. We count the cows one by one. We dig up a body filled with candy. Get thrown in jail for trying to have intercourse with the Midas man. Kick the s'mores out of a Cub Scout's paw. And frighten the elderly just long enough so you could touch them in the button. Watch a movie through a set of destroyed, diseased, sarcastic, orgasmic, bubble-laden eyes that have glimpsed into the future and seen the past and nothing but. Hit play. Let it course through us. Invert and discourse as it burns through. Decide what makes or break. Share with the likes of you, the listener. So if we're talking about Meet Dave, we talk about the scene where Dave falls into a vat of acid and becomes Dave the Joker. Talk about the little moments. And folks, indecent proposals about all the little moments that happen it betwixt the legs and the sheets. Tiny moments. Tiny deaths, as they say, Nick. <laughs> Let me say, I'm going to circle back real quick. First of all, Meet Dave, Eddie Murphy movie? Duh. Second, you said rummage through hummus in your run-up to this, in your intro... That reminded me of the great Nickelodeon game show Double Dare. Did you ever watch it? Fuck no, I'm too old. I think it's called Double Dare. I think that's right. And they would do stuff like that. They would have like a a pool of... I don't think they would have a rummage through hummus They did. Segment. They had like a pool of like pudding or something. You have to find a set of keys in like a, a swimming pool size thing of jello or something. You know, remember? that They did food weird stuff like that. Weird food games. Anyway, I thought maybe you're doing a little winky reference to... Double Dare. I hope you were. Aren't we too old to have watched that kind of shit? I mean, if it was on now, I'd watch it. I remember being really snobbish about Nickelodeon as a young. That was a weird one because it was hosted by a guy, Double Dare, and he had the same name as someone famous, but he wasn't. He had had like the same name as like a as a Abraham Lincoln was the host of Double Dare. Mark something. Did he? I remember he had hair. He had hair that had a little, a little curl to it. Like he a, did a little wisp, a wisp. He, he it's was like, it's like his, sem- his like name was like Mark Wahlberg, but like something like that. Mark Summers. I was wrong. You couldn't have been more wrong. Damn it. Let's talk about the cast. Let's take turns talking about the old cast of Indecent Proposal. First of all, what year come out? Nineteen ninety-three. Good year. In. So we'll let's go through the cast. I'll start. Sheena Easton. Herbie Hancock in this. Rip Taylor. <laughs> Taylor somehow is in this. How is he in it? Why? And the funny is he thing in is, it? Sheena Easton is playing Sheena Easton. Mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock's playing Herbie Hancock. Rip Taylor? Uh uh-uh. uh. He's playing. You're playing a, a character. Playing a boss. I didn't know he was an actor. So neither does Hollywood. Got Oliver Platt in this, who I, who I love dearly. You got a dude, something Zorn, who died young. Who? David Zorn, I think his name was. Who He's did, one of the screenwriters. He's in the movie? He died at age 40. Poor guy. And he, and he was in it. He's an actor in it? He's one of the two screenwriters that's in Oliver Platt's office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which one? The guy on the left or right? The guy on the left. Oh, it's too bad. Those guys... He, he, yeah, he was a suicide... Uh, oh, no. He was a suicide victim. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird scene in this. Kind of fun. You got, of course, the delectable Robert Redford in this. You got the pneumatically enhanced Seymour Cassell in this. He is in this. Playing a character that sounds like a explorer. His character's name, his last name was Shackleford. Sounds like an admiral. By the way, I've only known one person with that last name in my life, and they were an awful person. Tried to get me hooked into C.S. Lewis material. I believe I'm related to Shackleford, by the way. I am. That explains why you're late for everything. What are you talking about? You're late for everything, man. He was supposed to be on time, Shackleford. You got Woody Harrell in this. Hair already starting to take his quick goodbye in this. Mm-hmm. He looks good with no hair, though. He looks good all the time. Demi Moore in this. 
You know who looks good all the time? Who? Demi Moore. She looks fantastic sort of. in this. She looks good in this. Let's not act like she always looks good. She looks good now. Have you seen her? She's she like look, 60. She looks great. I saw her at the Bruce Willis roast, and she looked enhanced. Enhanced meaning what? The cosmetic surgery. I'm sure she's got a little. I mean, who doesn't? I got some. Oh. Well, I watched the YouTube. You know, YouTube knows I'm getting old because they, they once in a while they'll throw, throw on dudes talking about getting Botox. I'm like, I think I'm not getting Botox, okay? I'm good. You know what? I've been getting served a lot lately, which mystifies hymns. me. Joel, Aust- Joel Austin. Oh, stuff. I've been getting a lot of hymns, like for. Yeah, hymns always. I think they just cater to every problem. Their hair, and then they always talk about. Because I watch a lot of YouTube. You know, I'm 50, so I watch a lot of get ideas for Marvel Snap decks from YouTube. And they always are butting in with uh, boner pills. And they get a pretty graphic on it. They're always like, Do you have trouble getting it up, staying erect within the vagina? Do you? You do, right? <laughs> You can't Within. get that peep going? You know, they, they, like, I'm like, what? Okay, so let me act. It's a little subtle here. Let me act surprised about something. I did not know. I, I did not know. I thought those pills were about getting an erection. It's just keeping it. Right. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, so I didn't know that, let's say you're uh, an average Joe who has no problem boing it out. He gets, he gets hard when the wind blows like Eddie Murphy did sure. in prison in 48 hours. But he has a premature issue, right? Premature. So did, Oh, okay. So you mean like they just, it's too fast. Is that what those things are? Yeah, about? I, I assume that's what they mean. But, yeah, let's but, but then like there's a guy know. who, and then there's a guy who can't, but he needs help getting it there. Mm-hmm. Do they 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 take the same pill and they get their shit solved? I'm worried that some guy is going to take that and the, and it's going to solve one thing and create another problem. Maybe, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I just know Hims offers boner pills, and I believe there's also something that's on Twitter now because you know or X or whatever called Blue Chew. And I guess it is also like a boner that's, pill. That's a Nickelodeon show, right? Blues Chews. But they have a, they, it's like all these little, you know, the the ads on, twi- on Twitter or X right now are such a nightmare. So many bad ads. And that's one thing I notice comes up a lot is Blue Chew. Can I pitch an idea to you for a great sitcom? Yeah, please. So it's called E.T. Danger. And what it is, is it's a bunch of guys who have boner pills, and they test them out on different extraterrestrials to see what happens. E.T. Danger? Yeah, so they like if they give it to, for example, E.T. the botanist, mm-hmm. give it to him, his head, ex- his neck extends really long and then just stays like that forever. Oh, okay, I see. I you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just see how it affects different physiognomy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, then you give a boner pill to, let's say, uh, Travis Walton. You know, I just would like to see how di- how boner pills work for different creatures from space does travis walton have would you give it to him so he could administer the drugs because they kidnap him so often i guess it's different if you're born with alien dna or if you acquire alien dna through repeated visits into the craft i guess it's different does travis walton have kids and do they look like they're from the this very earth you know what i'm saying i would love to think that he parlayed that notoriety into a relationship Think he's married? The girl who was on the fence, but once he got abducted, she said, "Well, he's a tender man who's who's in touch with his, uh, his feminine side." I know we're doing, having been railroaded by groups of aliens. I know we're in, doing indecent proposal, but let's take a minute to look up Travis. Walton's, yes, I would take a million dollars to fuck Travis Walton. Travis, no shit. <laughs> Travis Walton's marital status: he is married, seventy years young, married to Dana Walton. Was she an actress in Fire in the Sky? Is that what's happening? Did you see though? Her name isn't Dana. It's an it's an acronym. It's different alien, nude alien. Oh, she just had a cameo. I might friend her tonight on uh, find her on Facebook to see if I can become friends with 
Travis Walton's wife. And then play the long game and try to become friends with Travis Walton. And then just when you think you got it licked, he does a little cursory listen to the movie microscope, and it's over. It's like we're supposed to go out for pizza on Friday night and show up. I'm like, what the fuck, man? What the heck? You stood me up. What's going on? Well, the lights came on in the sky. <laughs> got the, I got an excuse. You're not going to believe it. I was in outer space all weekend. You mean like you were out of your mind? You were like tripping ball? No, I was in literal outer space. Covered in latex, they were, my mouth was stretching out under it. You could see my bone. They got me zooping around Saturn. They don't feed them up there either. They got them old boxes of trick cereal. That's what they feed right. them. They don't care about his his physique. Travis Walton, 70 years old, been lying for 50 years. Maybe They called them ETs because they would constantly scream, <laughs> Eat tricks! <laughs> I think he's been, li- he's been lying. Is it 40 or 50 years he's been telling this tale? You know, the thing is, there's never been a real alien abduction ever, and it pisses me off. I hope they do come down, and then they, they get a load. They, of, they're like, what has this motherfucker been saying about us? You know, they go, they show up yeah. at Travis Wall. That'd be great if, if we find out that gray aliens are, are, are alphas. They're, they're like <laughs> Dan, the Danny Zuko of space, and they come down, and their chest is puffed up, you know? <laughs> What'd you say about me, man? So they made a fucking movie. It's got a so switchblade comb and it combs its front hair that it's down. It's got a little front hair spot. How do you get it? Well, he, they've been they've been beaming up hymns, you know. <laughs> so is Joel Osteen, you know. <laughs> what's Joel Osteen? He's a religious dude. What's his? He's that yeah, the con man that's got hair, big hair, who's uh, didn't lend out his house when the flood people. Oh, you I know, remember him. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's and why are you getting ads for him? I mean, I mean, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I'm not certainly. Yeah, anyway, we've got to get the indecent proposal. What are we doing? What's your relationship? I don't have one. I had never seen this movie before. I know the parodies of it. You know, you know about the movie from... It's a weird movie because I feel like it really had like an effect on pop culture, this movie. It didn't. It did. And I feel like it, it, it was made fun of a lot. Had a memorable, memorable premise, but I had never seen it. This is the first time for me. Saw it in the theater. Owned it on VHS. <sighs> Why'd you own it? Because I bought everything back then. I had 6,000 movies in my collection. Did you really? At one point. And you just needed... You saw it. You, back in, in case of days. emergency, break glass and pull out indecent... Uh, it was an indecent proposal. I almost said indecent exposure. Is this, is my, this before my, or after Basic Instincts? After, right? Uh, yeah, 93 you said, right? Yeah, is it Basic Instincts 92? 91, 91, 92. My model... This is a pr- kind of a foolproof model. Why rent something for $3 when you can own it for 30 in a medium that is rapidly losing its value? How many times did you watch it on VHS, I wonder? Or you just buy it? Maybe once. Yeah. Maybe never. Direct, but directed by? Adrian Lyne. What did he, what's he responsible for? A lot of bad shit. He did Fatal Attraction. He did Jake's Ladder. That's good. He did Nine and a Half? Probably. He, he did recently did that Deep Water movie with Ben Affleck and uh, his ex-paramour, what's-her-face from Blonde. What's her name? Anna DeArmas. Anna DeArmas. Yeah. That, that, I watched it. And? It's weak shit. It was unfortunate shit. So he's still working? Was he a music video director or a commercial? He was some sort of fashion. Doesn't surprise me. What, what I'm saying is he, he sucked in a different medium before he sucked in this one. I mean, he did Jake's Ladder. That's pretty good. You like that movie. Do I? I thought, you, we, I thought you did. Do you not like Jacob's Ladder? I think Jacob's Ladder is mediocre. The second one's the best. They did redo it, didn't they? I, I remember going to a screenwriting conference with some people that, like Johnny Mack and Carl, some people that you Jeez. know, and one of the... Orators was Bruce Joel Rubin. I think he's the guy that wrote that. And he was so high in his own supply for Jacob's Ladder. Is that his? What else did he do? He 
He may have done Deep Impact. No wonder he was so high. Got Favreau in there. Which we've done on the show. We have not. Are you sure? We haven't done either of them. Deep Impact or Armageddon. Those are the two ast- uh, asteroid movies or two uh That's funny because I remember I watched Deep Impact during the pandemic, and I can't imagine I watched it for any reason other than for the show. We didn't do, like, the core. We haven't done any of those types of movies, I don't really think. I mean, we've we did done The Swarm. We've done, we did 2012. We did, we we've did done several disaster movies. Yeah, you're right. Twister. That's right. Twister sequel coming out. The Meg. So what's the premise of Indecent Proposal well, 30 minutes in? There is a couple at the center of this movie, played by Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson. High school sweethearts, Nick. And they've been together for many a year She's in real estate. He works as an architect. He gets laid off from his job. Real estate. He gets market, laid. Real estate market is drying up. They are broke, AF, and in a desperate last-ditch attempt to enhance the five thousand dollars that he Woody borrowed from his daddy, he has a kind of a flash. Let's go to Vegas and gamble this five thousand. Try to run it up. They do. They have a blast. They run it up, but they stay there. I mean, they stay could- there too long. Let's not go into detail, just because got, I got notes for some of that. But And then they um, get a hotel room. You know, they're staying there for a couple of days. Excuse me? Anyway, so what happens is... What room number? I mean, let's all <laughs> fucking really shit on ourselves. What happens is, during this adventure, of this Vegas adventure, Demi Moore catches the eye of a very rich man, played by Robert Redford, who decides, hey, maybe I can buy this woman for a night. From this, because these two people are desperate for cash, and he does. He makes a deal to have Demi Moore for one night for a million dollars. That is, goes well. Everybody is happy. The end. Okay, cool. First of all, what do you think of their incarnations of young Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson? Well, first of all, I don't really know what to do, because part of me thinks it's kind of good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they give Demi Moore braces. Like She opens her mouth, and she's got like metal braces looks ridiculous mm-hmm. woody is acting like a silly man you know they're trying to make him look like teenagers they don't but also the attempt is kind of cute you know what do you think it's a f- semi-effective it doesn't help that both of these actors we've seen in that uh, since they were very young right so maybe just make them look like they did in those early movies when they were really young they're both youthful looking i here's the thing i i don't like they don't need that kind of stuff you can just say they've been together since high school you don't need to flash them and show them Back in high school, where it looks weird, they should show her coming out of the um, breast augmentation clinic, and his jaw hitting the floor. That's that's all the backstory we need. Well, and the best is like they fell in love in a high in high school, um, and she looked crazy, like she had braces and crazy hair, and then they flash forward to now, and she is stunning. You right. know, so he should be thrilled, like that he's uh, that he gets to be with Demi Moore, basically. I guess the in real life, Woody Harrelson was nervous about this movie because he was friends with Bruce Willis and he knew he was going to have to have intimate scenes with Demi Moore. Wasn't nervous about the script. <laughs> By the way, this is based on a novel which stunned me. <laughs> and then of course, if you read the trivia, it was based on a Turkish Arabic storyline. Well, yeah, which, uh, yeah, they the, they deviated from. I was zoom in. They said they didn't want to they said they didn't want to dive into the racial aspects of the novel, so they cast all white actors. Well, no. They when Halle Berry wanted to be in the movie, that's, that's right. when they said they didn't want to delve into the racial. Oh, I thought that okay, but they also got rid no. of the premise, which was wasn't the 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 billionaire Arabic. Is that correct? I think it would have been funny as hell if 
they kept Woody and Demi and then had this giant chic character who is a just a rotten creep and they still did the movie cuz Robert Redford one of the hard hard things to eat in this movie is having Robert Redford be the billionaire right cuz he's Robert Redford I mean even then he he was a withering he was a withering version version of himself, but he was still beautiful and so, still Robert Redford. Well, that's the thing that happens in this movie that kind of helps it, I think, is Robert Redford comes in. This movie's scrambling at the beginning. It's like a sitcom almost, and it's kind of it's just not it's just ridiculous. You know, there's dumb fights. He enters, the, yeah, he enters the film, and every male and female <laughs> patron of the movie theater is writing Woody Harrelson off their Christmas list. <laughs> Right away. And he is, like, he just classes up the movie. And I think in a weird way, and, and, you know, maybe in a good way, it turns into something else. Like, it kind of turns into, it kind of works when he when he joins uh, the ranks. And But it, it's also just dumb, too. Like, I'm not saying it's, it, it, it's a weird premise. And they, they also, the movie has, like, a lot of affection for Robert Redford, who's doing something very creepy here, you know. He gets creepier. It doesn't help that this is before Woody Harrelson was a legend. Yeah. He was fun, but he still looked like the state of Indiana. You know, he's very generic in this. He went to to school, Uh, uh, Hanover College in Indiana. There you go. I think it's in Indiana. Woody Harrelson now is literally one of the best that we have. But back then, he was a little surface level, and he doesn't really... I remember you telling me that. He turned to me after Venom 2 ended, and he turned to me and said the exact same thing. I stand by it. Nobody else could have Cletus Cassidy like Woody Cletus Cassidy. So, so you mentioned that Mr. Woody Harrelson is a, an architect, and we, we get to see this in action. Do you remember where his studio is in the house? I just In the kitchen? I don't know. Where is it? It's in the most popular room that they used in this entire film. The bathroom floor. His studio, he's designing architecture on the bathroom floor. There are three scenes that take place in a two-square-foot area in this building. I wonder if they had problems finding locations, uh-huh. so they just kept using this bathroom. He's also design. Isn't he designing their dream house? Like, that's what he's doing, right? On the wall? He's designing it, but he's on the floor in the bathroom mm-hmm. doing it. They have a white dog. Nope. Yep. But they're like trying to figure it out. <laughs> and they screw each other forever on the floor. Do you notice so that? Did you see the part when they have sex? Yes, they are very into each other. And the one thing that they want to make crystal clear is that Demi Moore, her character, loves Woody Harrelson. She is, not only does she want to jump on his hymns enhanced boner, she also loves him desperately and always tells him that because the movie is going to then twist the knife later. So they want to make sure you know that what she's truly in love with this guy. And you can, see, you're, you know, what happens is Redford then comes in and you're like, and then later she ends up dating Robert Redford. You're like, of course. Why wouldn't she? Yeah, she should I know, be with I, Robert Redford. My heart was a flutter at the possibility of me being in her shoes. But they have a white dog. I did mention that. You did. But they have sex on the floor. You get to see her, her naked form. You don't see his. There's a scene where he's about to get. He turns her over and he's about to visit her from a new angle. And they have the worst sheet wrapped around his midsection that makes no sense, mm-hmm. just so you don't see his Woody. But the thing that blows my mind is there are two scenes where she cries in this movie, right? Mm hmm. But she doesn't. All we get to see is a tear dripping from her, her cheek. Getting paid rock solid. Make a tear. She's fine, man. She's not bad in this. You thought she was you didn't think she was good? She's fine. She's the star of the movie. Of course. Movie the, the camera is in love with Demi Moore in this movie. Definitely. It's before or after Ghost. Can't zoom in. Sure. I think it's after. Can't zoom in. 
But I'll tell you, she doesn't exactly sell me on their love. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. there, there's a scene where they're at a car wash, and it's she's talking about how they don't have a lot of money. So what he would like to do is to just talk incessantly about architecture and point out buildings and stuff and, and talk her ear off about architecture. Literally sounds like the worst person in the world. Who, Woody? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine having a friend that everything is they have to, all they do is talk about the same thing over and over again? You, you go to a, you go to a Denny's and they're looking at those those like cantilevers, man. I'm fucking. So let me tell you about the past when when somebody first opened up a you know a waffle shop in Spain. Is that that little fish that crawls up your peep? That's the cantilever. What is it? It's can, it's cantaroo, but that's close. Here's the thing about the beginning of this movie, right? So they are they are narrating this. They're t- they're alternately narrating. So you hear Demi more than you hear Woody talking about their lives, talking about their fights. It is dumb. Like, they should not narrate. It should not be narrated. But, you know, I think there's not much going on other than showing you that they got poor real quick and now they're sad. You know, this movie has no idea what it is for the majority of its run. Well, for the first, I'd say first half hour. I think it what's gets happened, worse. Here's the problem. I think the, pre- the 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 energy of this movie, the excitement of this movie, is the premise, right? And so, if you're just going to waste time getting there, people are coming to see when the decent proposal happens, and then the fallout afterwards. In my in my memory, I was way wrong. I thought the act mm-hmm. happened early or late in the film. So you thought it he, when he proposed right in the her, middle, he, he was bottomless, and that's where you thought the indecent proposal came from. <laughs> That Woody was bottomless. 60, it takes 60 minutes to get to him making her count. They have to, like I said, the premise is what's interesting here, and they have to build a movie around it. Do they? Who knows? But we'll zoom in. Uh, they do show, you know, Adrian uh, Lyne? Is that how you say his name? I always thought it was Lynn. I believe it's Lyne. He, and he's, he's confused in Vegas. All he, does, he keeps showing close-ups of dice. And you, heard, you saw who shot those scenes? No. Michael Bay. Oh, that's right. I saw Bay in the credits. That's him, huh? There's slow motion shots of dice for his, and they say in the, that he reused them for his movie. Which one? Army of the Dead when they're in Vegas? That's not Michael Bay. What I? Who, oh God, it's Zack Snyder. Yeah, Michael Don't Michael Zack Bay. Snyder. Michael Bay would not stoop as low as as the, as that movie. I have to say. You have to say. Have you seen Michael Bay's output? I, is he? I don't think he's ever done a worse movie than Army of the Dead. Give me really? one. Give me one. Tried. I haven't seen them. I haven't seen the majority of the Transformers movies. I have seen The Island. <laughs> I did see. I that. have seen Pain and Gain. Shawnee Smith in The Island. Sure. So it can't be bad. I. I is she? I, I can't. I can't help. So you remember, did you notice what kind of car they drove? No. The one that goes into the car wash. Can't zoom in. I thought it was a Volkswagen thing at first, but then the second time it was obviously a, a Citron. Remember Citrons? Sort of. What are you talking about? Because I remember those... thing. They had a car named the Thing. Yeah, that was that cool square car. Shit, I wish. I remember I was obsessed with the, the fact that the car would lower itself when you got out of it so that nobody could steal the tires. I thought that was so cool. So they're in Vegas. big problem. They're in Vegas. This is all this. The, at one point, by the way, when they're at home, Woody makes like a what looks like a peanut butter, honey, and banana, banana sandwich. And he's about to take a... That seems ridiculous. He's about to take like a shaggy bite out of it from Scooby-Doo. Like that, and he has that kind of expression on his face. Like, And she doesn't she like throw something at his head? Like She throws one of... He leaves his shoes on the table. Right. There's this whole sequence where she's getting grumpy about him leaving his baseball shoes on the table. Right, there's dirt all over and, the table. Who who would ever do that, by the way? Ever. My son. My son. <laughs> she throws the shoe at the hits the the shitty stove and he he's yeah, he's the guest. And then of course it turns into a love scene. Of course. Because of course this is proceeding when Oliver Platt plays a lawyer who is a good friend of Woody's from college. 
and he's their lawyer. And he, he gets to utter, probably the reason he took the job, he gets to utter a line of dialogue early on. Because obviously the, there's a, a downturn in the economic market mm-hmm. that fuels their need to go to Vegas. He gets to utter this line, the bank has called in the demand note. Never a more lifeless sentence uttered in a film <laughs> in my experience. Except Platt does wonders in this movie, man. He, is, he gets the tone. He's funny. He's young. It's young Oliver Platt. This is like Flatline. Flat was it Flatliner? What are the? Yeah. What's that movie called? Flatliners. Flatliners era Platt. A few years after that, this was this is him, and he's also remade erroneously with um. Who's in that? Who's in the remake? Uh, Elliot Omar Page. Epps. Is she in? So, is he know. in it? <laughs> Before Travis Walton, I think. I love the fact that you have the extremely fit and hot Woody Harrelson, the extremely fit and hot Demi Moore, the. Hot for their age, Robert Redford, and the one person we see working out in this movie is Oliver Platt. <laughs> he do. He's on a he's on a bike. Well, of course, he's trying to get in shape. He's got FOMO, or he's got f- what's the equivalent of he's trying to get in shape, just like the, these these other folks here. Anyway, so they do go to Vegas, and for the movie, you know, Woody is running up this five thousand dollars to twenty five grand. Fiction. Insane. Well, it's... He does it in an hour. And Vegas, as everybody knows, Vegas is definitely the place you go when you're facing eviction. Well, that's the solution. Look, that's the thing. is they He just is like, well, what can we do? Let's just let's just go gamble it. Look, some people can run it up. You and I, would we would be we would be in trouble if this was, was our idea. We would, well, I mean, we would honestly, be seeking I... out Ref- Redford within 15 minutes. You know, of I wish it. this was about us. <laughs> Who? I'd love to us to be in a loving relationship and go to Vegas together. But here's the thing. We, we are and we will. Okay. First of all, fiction. This whole movie's fiction. But the, the movie shows its age because the, in their hotel room, there is a waterbed, which I haven't seen in a long time. But then the worst, the worst moment in the film, which is probably the best moment in the film for people that trade stocks for a living or whatever, he pours this money, throws it onto her body onto the bed. Right. He gets all this. He, they, for, they gave him 25 grand in hundreds, I guess. And he's just, there's, there's a lot of there's 50s, 50s there, too. And we he, zoom in. And he's flipping them on the bed, and then they have sex in the money. Which and then and then they show him with a squeegee weird. at the at the casino with a squeegee getting his man off of it. And then they decide to stay in a day too long. They go play roulette. And they get what song is playing rocks. during their hump? <laughs> what? I don't know. This is no ordinary love. Is this, is this is that the, I was singing that Chardé. all Chardé, right? Chardé, I heard, yeah, man. I heard her I was at the grocery store at lunch today and they were playing they were playing Chardé, but not not that song. What was the what's her big Makes one? me want to rewatch or re do a fan fan edit of the Infinity Saga with Thanos. This is no ordinary glove. And then he puts a gem in it. No ordinary glove puts another fucking gem in it. Kind of, he sort of becomes the protagonist. What'd you say? It sort of becomes the protagonist if that happens, you know? All of a sudden, you're not rooting for Tone Stark. Russo's don't have it in them for something like that. But, okay, it's in that scene that I realized this movie, this movie is a vessel for Demi Moore's curves. There are so many shots during that sequence, and then the next morning, they, they, the camera takes its sweet time going over her, you know, her panty-clad body on the bed with the money. Right, she looks which beautiful. Makes in me, this. It makes me gross a little bit thinking that the money's still on the know, bed the I next know. day. But she, anyway, she she looks beautiful in this. There's a scene prior to this when Woody's running up the money. He's gambling. She's bored, and she goes. She wanders into a um, like a gift shop in the casino that's very exclusive, and 
person working there gives her the side eye, you know, because she's in there in her like jeans and stuff. But she's looking at at dresses. And she's palming free candy. She gets a free chocolate, and then she grabs a bunch. Unbeknownst to her, Robert Redford kind of has already Creeping. spotted her through the window yeah. and, and, and gives her a look see. And then she sees him. She kind of winks at him. But he's smitten with her because she looks beautiful. She actually, she was, remember, she tries on a dress and kind of takes off her top to try it on, which is not normal behavior. Doesn't he catch her when she's doing that? And says, He catches her when she's, yeah, and then. She looks beautiful. Like know, she, like I said, she looks beautiful in this. You know, they, and, they, and they're good together. They, they're, Demi Moore and Robert Redford are good together in this. You kind of want, I'm kind of, I'm shipping them. Anyway, he's a billionaire. Robert Redford, Robert Red, yeah, that doesn't hurt. But Robert Redford's a, you know, he's the, he's the original golden god, you know? Yeah. But And then, okay, so th- then the real Vegas shows up, and they get their ass handed to them post-haste, you know, losing. I, I, it pained me to watch the scene where they p- stupidly put their money on the roulette thing, and that's a hard scene to watch. But the best is right after they lose their money, they're down to the pennies, they go to a diner and are piece, trying to find enough money to pay for their tab, just like in the previous movie in Buffy, mm-hmm. when Arquette and Luke Perry had to split a hot dog. That's where that's the condition that they're in, right. keeping the synergy going on this show. When they're about to leave, they bump, they go to this, they see this high-stakes table, and Robert Red out there throwing coins around like it's going crazy, and we meet a superstar. Who? Oh, Billy Bob Thornton. We forgot to mention him. William Robert Thornton, the best, wearing the best shirt of all time in this movie. It's before he was Thin Thornton. This is this is Chubby Thornton era, and he's actually this very is one false move era. Billy Bob. He's being very funny. He's standing next to Woody Harrelson, and he's like, "Look how cool he is." He's like commenting on. He knows like about who he, he gives us the backstory. He fills us in on who Robert uh, Redford's character is. He's John. And Gage. then later on, Robert Redford fills in Demi Moore. <laughs> he's John Gage billionaire he says to her so what happens during this is they're look they're watching because you know they're, they're in a position now they lost all their money all they can do is just kind of spectate we're familiar with that feeling and um they're just watching this robert redford just go nut just bust out like hundreds of thousands of dollars losing it playing i think he's playing baccarat so then he goes can i borrow your wife to woody harrelson for luck would you mind lending me your i don't wife? like the fact that you glossed over what what billy bob was wearing I don't remember. Give me a, describe it. A show-stopping moment in the movie. Literally, it's all I can think about. All right, describe it. Billy Bob Thornton in this movie is wearing a white button-down shirt with giant paper clips on it. I'm talking 12-inch paper clips up and down all around. Why? Like a, like a style choice? His shirt had paper. <laughs> they made a shirt with paper clips on it. He wore it. I don't know how you didn't throw your fucking notepad to the ground and stomp around the room trying to figure things out. Do you look at it? you look it up on the internet? Billy Bob Thornton shirt and indecent proposal because it'll someone will be talking it, about it. it. It just took me to the Planet Hollywood that it's at. <laughs> Each Planet Hollywood gets a gets a segment from it. They can't operate those businesses without. <laughs> it just sounds like an accident waiting to happen. You know, Bruce Willis. Why did you? Help form Planet Hollywood. Well, needed a home for the Billy Bob shirt, so I got with Stallone and Schwartz, made it count. <laughs> the only reason Billy Bob lost weight is because he lost a shirt. He, he'd never find it again in his size. Might as well not be fat. <laughs> now I gotta Did you watch read the note? Again. You really must. Did you did you see the note about Adrian Lyne's super zoom about Robert Redford? He has the coolest walk or something? He walks better than anyone. I mean, then you watch him walk in this, and I don't I don't get the... I, if I was Adrian Lyne, I would have a scene where Robert Redford's walking. <laughs> if it's so fucking great, right? 
you don't believe the budget I'm saving right now by, you know, having just a shot of him walking. There's a shot That's of two him million dollars. walking Demi Moore to his palatial estate, and it's like it's a long shot, and they're they're far away from the camera or whatever. And, he, and he, I was his gait doesn't look that impressive to me. It's, it's fine. No, and then they they're on the cutting room floor. There's a scene where he's walking and stumbling and shitting and farting, and they cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the fact <laughs> that they 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 used a porn star for his body double. Did you read that? Randy West? Is that who it was? <laughs> Sounds right. I think I read it. I think his name was Randy West. Man, they should have done a porn with all the directions. Get Peter North, get Randy West, get Eddie East. Randy <laughs> West. I'm, I'm going to look him up. Hold on. Indecent proposal. No, just type Randy West anal. See what happens. Roll the dice. Uh, Randy West. Probably dead by now. Cast his Robert Redford's body double on Decent Proposal. I, I remembered it. What is that? It, Wait, why does he have a body double? He doesn't have any sex scenes in this. Probably just the scenes where he's walking. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. He does not have a sex scene in this. They, did they cut it out? Is that why? Oh, poor Randy. I just got to see what Randy West looks like. There's no way he's still alive. There's no way he's still... You can't be that old and live. Okay. I'm listening. Now, is that a picture of him from 1993 or now? Because either way, we're fucked. You know what's cool about him? And even on the days he wasn't working, he was hung around the set. I wonder what his net girth is. <laughs> Robert Redford demanded, Get me the best. <laughs> there is. Randy West. What's something... Okay. Can you give me I, his history a little bit? Well, I mean, he lo- he likes looking down at his dick while he's having sex. <laughs> he likes looking down at his giant dick. <laughs> he has no preference on the uh, what I'm saying. I'm saying no preference in who his partner is. So he was gay. He was in gay. No, no, no. I'm saying like no, no. I'm saying he did not. These were not. Uh, he was not in monogamous relationships because I see a variety of different women under or, and around him. What are you? Are you looking at actual porn pictures of him? Uh-huh, yeah, there's one where, yeah, he's he's trying it from a variety of perspectives. He's got an O face, that's for sure. Doesn't look anything like Robert Redford. He's not coming up on the IMDb. They must have hit him. Uh, do you have safe search on? No. Hell no. I'll, I'm trying to, f- I want to see some of his movies, but... <laughs> no, I don't want to see them, yeah. I want to see this, the titles. Randy West's movie. Herbert's brother. Age that's 75, weird. by the way. He made it, huh? I love it when a porn star lives to a ripe old age. Because it's, it's not often, and it's not... You know they got stories, right? Anyway, so Robert Redford demanded the best, got the best, and then he said, you know what? I'm not going to be even shirtless in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they cut out the whole night. That's how people came to see the Indecent Proposal, and they cut... I mean, they must have filmed something. They just cut to the fireplace or something, and then it's the next morning, you know? Oh, I, I, I see a still here of Shackelford wiping off Randy West's belly. So obviously there's some action that was. All right. So, um, they, you know, after they, they watch Robert Redford play roulette and when does he lose? Did he lose money or win money? I can't remember. He, he loses at Baccarat and then, then doubles it, his money on roulette. Right, because, with, or with the, craps, craps. With craps with Demi Moore's help. And he invites them to a party and then. They're like, cool. He goes, you could, you guys should stay the night. I'll, I'll spring for your hotel room. You can stay in a suite. Have a good night. And then come to my party tonight. And he sends a dress, the dress that Demi Moore was looking at, as a pre- 
President Woody Harrelson, by the way, the whole time he's just he's just having fun. He's like, this is great. There's a guy paying attention to us. They got Sheena Easton just playing music for free, and they're at this party, and they they. It kind of empties out quickly, and that's when he proposed. He, that's when the indecent proposal happens. The funny thing is, all Demi Moore had to do is when she went, helps win him a million dollars, saying, mm-hmm. "Can you throw me fifty for fifty thousand for my help?" That's that's what I need to get back to clean. And he wouldn't have even felt that. She couldn't. She couldn't say, "Can I have just fifty for blowing well, on the some, dice and throwing the dice?" He's got something else in mind. He's not going to oh. just give out a free fifty thou. Well, they have a very rigorous game of pool, him and Woody. Yeah, and that's when they're just. They're having the what if kind of conversation about anything could be bought. Right. And to me, more the whole time is kind of on to this, knows that Redford's attracted to her and is like, I, I keep calling her to me more, but her character in the movie, Diana. Diana. And she keeps saying that she, you know, hey, I'm not for, she says at one point, even when they first meet, I'm, you know, the dress is for sale, I'm not, you know, and then, and then whenever he says, you know, anything can be bought, she chimes in, she's like, people can't. You can't buy people or something like that. He's like, oh. He's like, I buy people every day. Hello. I bought the rights to Travis Walton's story. And so then he offers, he said, look, what if I gave you a million dollars if you're, you know, if you, if, if Diana would, your wife would spend the night with me, a one night, just one night stand. And um, they're horrified a little bit. They think he's joking. What he pauses a little bit too long for her liking. Yeah. Well, they both kind of are shook. And then they go back, you know, they leave and they go back to the room and they're, they're of course, mulling it over. They're having a restless night of sleep because they're thinking about this offer, even though they turned it down. And so they did, in the morning they decide to do it because she's like, look, I can just get hammered for 15 minutes if we're millionaires. And he's like, but what if he brings Randy Weston as his tag team partner? And then he's like, why haven't you already done it? It could have been over last night. could have been our way home with check in hand. We do find out something <laughs> horrific from her that she slept with Bubba. That's right. Bubba Reaper. <laughs> Remember him? Yeah, vaguely. One of your old characters. They're going through they're going through their past. Bub his name is Bubba Ruzi. I wrote him down. And yeah, they're confessing their past loves, their past d- dalliances, right? And she said she slept with and he's horrified and she goes, "Well, you we, we were broken up. You were with somebody." She she had a weird name. Not as weird as Bubba Rorschach or whatever. And, and she's like, he, she was a, you were with that slaughter. And he goes, I wish she was a slut. slut. So he obviously yeah. is not, hasn't experienced as old to me. Um, I don't want to zoom completely past the fact that we do get to see Seymour Cassell dancing for no reason in the hallway. A little soft shoe. Yeah. God, I hate that term. They immediately call Oliver Platt and they say, hey, they're a lawyer. They're like, look, someone wants to pay us a million dollars for Demi's V, you know? What do you think, <laughs> man? You know what would have been a good name for this movie? What? About last night. Yeah, she they they get the contract. That's where the screenwriters happen when they call Platt. He's in the middle of that screenwriter right, meeting. Right, yeah. right, right. They they put a contract together. Mm-hmm. Mr. Woody Harrelson lets his wife go get railed by Mr. Redford. The movie the letter. and I'll Remember, give Adrian you, give this to Woody. He he is he is very at one point. Redford's like, "Can I borrow your wife for good luck?" And 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 Woody Harrelson's like, "If she wants to." Like he kind of always because like he doesn't speak for her. They make this decision together that she's going to go get hammered and uh, Woody's mm-hmm. going to go watch uh, reruns of Benson in the hotel room while it happens. <laughs> no, unfortunately, he, his hotel is a fixture of the live feed. He gets to watch 
73 positions attempted. I'll give Adrian Line credit for this. Mm-hmm. There's a period of about 10 minutes right when the right when he goes, he decides he he can't let it happen and he runs to try to find out where they are. The hotel room is now empty. Mm-hmm. They're they're on a helicopter. He sees a helicopter. The next 10 minutes of that whole segment is filmed like a horror movie. Yeah. And it's a very effective 10 minutes. So they make the where, deal and she goes off and and they you know and then yeah, then he has he has a second he has doubts because he doesn't he doesn't have the million dollars yet, so he's running around the casinos like, Can I get my money? Can I get my money? No, he's nervous that his wife is gonna get sexed. So he tries to put a stop to it. He sees like fountains like the direct you know, they show jizzing fountains. They they show all sorts of like sexual kind of Im- imagery in the casino. Remember he walks into the sports book at one point and then there's like a, a he's imagining on the TVs what he sees. I guess that's where Randy West is in that scene with Demi Moore. He, he, that's the one scene where there's a visualization of what is going to happen between these two people. It's in his head, though. They did a good job with that sequence, I thought. Sure. They, they definitely get the, the manic nature of that whole sequence. Meanwhile, she's being shuffled off to his fancy boat. Via helicopter. But I'll tell you... Yeah. Correct, yep. I'll tell you, though, there's a scene, that scene, she's, there's a scene where she's taken off her clothing to, put, to get into the nice clothes mm-hmm. that he's provided for her, and she is wearing some ugly-ass shoes with no socks. Yeah, rank. We got paper clothes. Rank. We got paper clothes on. And um, I'm surprised she didn't get on the boat. And and Redford's like, wash your smelling body. That's the thing. It's so funny. There's a part where she's downstairs brushing her teeth on the boat, and she hears a helicopter leave, and she's like, fuck, you know, like because you go know, she's out in the middle of you know nowhere. Um, but there are servants aboard this boat, and what I thought it was weird. He has like a gigantic spread of like seafood. For them to eat, that's the, to me that seems like that, that talk about gambling before sex. Shellfish? I'd be like, do you want it like There's, a crunch bar? He was like seafood for dinner. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. That's just she's like, did you? Did they? Is this fresh? Did they catch this right here? Because no, I had it shipped in from three day shipping from the other coast. Why? Why, why do you ask? <laughs> By land. It's been sitting I'm in a the billionaire it's room temperature. Trust don't me. you worry. We're in the toilet and all night. You know what I'm saying? And that room is the room from the movie Vacancy. 60 minutes in, he's finally on top of her. Well, but he they is not show it, though. But we know he's on top of her 60 minutes in. Yeah. Well, I mean, she comes back to the, their house afterwards all sheepishly wearing those disgusting shoes. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where they're kind of uncomfortable, and then they love each other, and then she's they start to get back into each other's arms, and she's like, I need a s- industrial bath right now. That's what she says? She doesn't. No, she's fine. <laughs> she's like, I need a silkwood shower before you touch their me. deal is they were not going to talk about that night ever they're just going to take the money and they don't and then the movie ends and so the thing is like what's interesting part of this movie is that it is like what is kind of fascinating i think a little bit is it's about a rich man taking advantage of of a poor couple and, and and you know getting what he wants right but they don't care about that that much they just they just like robert redford too much and they even give him an out at the end where he he does like a like a do-gooder type thing. I'm like, you paid for sex for this desperate couple, dude. You're not a good guy, you know? Anyway. That'll be your secret. They have their sex. She comes home, and life returns to semi-normal for a bit. For like a but second. But she's, you know, there's a scene where she's doing the tomatoes. Woody Harrelson has just found... Is that what they a, call it? A book, a book of matches from his boat. He, he mis- his boat is such a badass, it's got its own matches. Yeah, and it, it, it's he mispronounces the word griffin. He went. To, he's, he's an architect... Should know that what a griffin is. There's griffin statues all over architecture, but in the meantime, they lost their their the the, the property they were going to build that house on, right? Or or they 
or what? What did they lose? Was it? Is it that they had bought it? They had found a spot and they were building his dream house that he had designed. And and there's an awful scene where they go to this lender and the guy's like, "You snooze, you lose," because somebody bought it out from under. This is a subplot that was unnecessary, by the way. Yeah, because does know, Robert Redford's character need to buy this fucking house out from that's under? That's what I'm talking about. You know, that's another thing is that that's a dick move and a stalkery move. And the movie also was like, "It's fine." Just, and he's following her to police, following her around town. Yeah, creeping out, and it works for him. One hundred percent works for yeah. him. And Woody finally can't handle it. He's and they, they their their love blows up. It's sad. And then Redford starts to play the fiddle of love a little bit with her. Well, so what happens is she confer- she finds out that he bought the property, and he, she's so pissed. Like she, she she goes to a business meeting. He's having a lunch meeting, and she like does like a that the thing where she pulls the tablecloth off the table and the and she gets Caesar salad over this dude. He's just complete yeah. sal- completely saladed. Like so much that they camera mm-hmm. comes back to him later and they're still trying to wipe him down and he's like, It's fine. Like it's been- like, I need to see the manager of ribeye. <laughs> Red Redford they he takes he's oh, of course, even though this is a big like embarrassing moment for anybody, he doesn't he doesn't bother doesn't bother him. He's just excited that she's there. And she said, "I hate you." And he goes, "No, you wish you hated me, because you know he, he know he knows he delivered in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he rocked her socks off. He rocked those crazy shoes off. And she's interested. Woody is spiraling because he can't handle it. He's jealous of this thing that happened, and that's not attractive. He doesn't trust her. That's not attractive. He's like, I licked you. I licked you. I licked you heel to scalp. I mean, I don't know what your problem is." <laughs> And I like how Platt the whole time, every once in a while, like, Platt will just say, like, mean things to Woody about, like, hey, man, look, anybody would have done it. I wouldn't have. Not have, I wouldn't have done it. But you you did it, and that's fine. It's a different situation. <laughs> like, that, that kind of stuff, I think, is pretty funny in this. So Robert Redford is a creeper for sure. And there's a scene where he's talking to Demi Moore. He's winning her over. Mm-hmm. And he talks about this woman that back in his youth, the woman at the train station. Yeah. It's almost like the Meet Joe Black. Like, she looked away. He looked away. They right. they They... they he felt like there was a spark there. She gets on a train finally, and right before it takes off, she smiles at him, and he can never. He kept trying to find her again, and never found her. I don't think he realized the reason she was smiling because mm-hmm. she got away. <laughs> She's like, "This guy's staring at me. I'm fucking uncomfortable. The door is closed. I'm free now. I'll give him a smile because I won. I'll never see mm-hmm. you again." Look, it's He's a misconnection. It's a misconnection. Right. It's a common thing that happens upon this earth, Nick. He's regretted right. ever since. What could have been, you know? And yeah. so then he is. He tells a story, and of course she is in tears. Like she is, or like she's in tear, right? As you said, doesn't she have like one single tear? <laughs> chin tear, yeah, one chin that, tear. That she wasn't aware. Did you know that, that they in the trivia she was not aware of that speech? Didn't know what he was going to say. That's a, her genuine reaction. Caught on film, blew me away. In the script, it was just the lyrics to "Bust a Move" that he was supposed to beatbox to. Randy her. West actually was the one that was delivering those lines to her, <laughs> her for her scenes. Um, anyway, she goes back there. That's what they call it when Jeffrey Combs is like got a boner. It's a Randy West, if I've ever seen one. So they um, they split up. My favorite scenes. My favorite scenes coming up. Woody is just obsessed. He can't get past it. And she, you know, he's like, you're you're with him. You you saw him today. Like he and she's trying to explain herself. And and then he's like, did you did you like the sex? Did you what was it good? And they're not supposed to talk about. It. She doesn't want to talk about it. And and he he can't. He's losing his mind. Like was it good? And she's like. Hell yeah, bro. That shit was fire. Yeah. He got me on. And uh, he does not like to hear that, to say the least. They break up. Or she leaves, I think. He leaves. They both They both leave. But he leaves the house that moment. He storms out. And uh, she goes back to the real estate. Her job, that's where Rip Taylor shows up. 
as her boss. Because we needed him. And Robert Redford creeps her out there. He stalks her there. Stalks her all over the place. Yeah, he's going to. So, he wants uh, someone to take him on a real estate. To and then she the does, and then they fall, They they start kissing a lot for no reason. When? During this? A little bit later. No, out, when they they go look at all these houses, and they have, the, she, this is your house, isn't it? And it's all empty. They're outside by the, the limo, and they start to kiss. And like it becomes more passionate. It's like he's like, "Do you taste the millions of dollars I have in, in every lip?" So, here's the best though. Woody Harrelson rips up all the photographs of them. There's a scene. This this destroyed me. So he's he's lying there. This dog who now the animal care in this movie sucks because you think about this. They went to Vegas for two days with a dog at home. Mm-hmm. Bad parents. And there's a scene where Robert Redford buys two dogs to appease Demi Moore. They're never spoke of again. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that when she, when he dumps her or they dump, you know, when they split, that's just one of many houses. Those dogs are absolutely bones. Let me in zoom in on a weird scene here. They're bones. You're too obsessed with dogs. But I haven't mentioned. I hope it's the same scene. It's gonna it's, be. It involves to get, a stuffed hippo. Oh my god, that's the mo- the moment that it got me. So not expecting that. So at I'll all. let you describe it. I'm gonna set it up. He's on the couch with his dog, and he's trying to cheer his little dog up, who is missing. The one person that cares for him to me more. He holds his, this dog's favorite toy up, which is a stuffed hippo. They show it. He show it to the dog, and they cut to a real hippo. And I'm like, he's opening its mouth very wide. Like, What's happening? Why? Why would they do this? And they cut back to him holding the toy. They, they do it. Then they do it again. Yes. And what's happening is they're flashing. They're hearkening back to a scene where they were at a zoo watching hippos, and then she smacks him in the back of the head or something and that's it like that's what it's a very late in the movie development that figures into the fi- the climax shoehorned as fuck yeah there's a moment where you're watching this movie and it becomes a surrealist nightmare imagine this from the dog's perspective your owner shows you your favorite stuffed hippo and then all of a sudden a gigantic murderous creature is spreading its mouth at you hippos are murderous you're right they're dangerous creatures. they are the, they, they kill more people than any other animal in the is world if i'm not mistaken i think dogs might kill the most but as far as wild animals i think hippos are number one more than sharks Jeez. hippos fuck man they 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 hate you they get you in the water and they throw you down and they start putting Has you in the water there been hippo horror i'm sure yeah you sure huh anyway this picks this pictures he's ripping up are incredible by the way total like magazine type photo shoot yeah anyway but woody harrelson is totally heartbroken he confronts de niro uh, i'm sorry redford and more they're on a date they're going to some fancy thing and he can he drunkenly confronts them and he's like, you don't love me anymore like he's all sad sack he throws an awful punch misses and then they cassell takes him home carries him into his apartment okay so here so he does right now the movie this is about an hour and 35 minutes into the movie Adrian Lyne and his co-conspirators at this moment could have said, let's tighten this up. It sort of doesn't need to be two hours long. But instead of him seeing the error of his ways and going to see Demi Moore and saving the day, we go through an architecture epiphany with this guy. Yeah, I know. A completely unnecessary jaunt. Well, he gets his life back. He takes, to get his life back together on track. He gets his life back together. And he becomes a teacher. And there's a scene where he finds out he's, you know, this guy tells me he's overqualified. He finds his soul, and he's teaching these young people about architecture. There's this very impassioned speech about a brick. Yeah. No one needs in a movie about hard fucking. And then Platt unexpectedly in the class, you're like, what's he doing in there? Oh, he's delivering divorce papers. After that awesome lecture that the kids were fascinated by about the brick? See, I was hoping a girl would wink at him and would say, love you in her eyes, and he would say, I'm done with Demi Moore. I'm going to start fresh. So they just, the, the, the climax of this movie takes place at a charity function hosted or with the MC Billy Connolly playing himself. Playing himself with the worst haircut he's had in his life. And uh, he's, they're doing some bidding, and Woody Harrelson bids on some 
I don't know. They have, they, this is like a, a wildlife animal. This, he bids on something. You don't remember what it was? It's a fucking hippo. They introduced oh, the, the hippos, hippos late right. in the fucking story. That's what sucks. They're like, oh, by the way, hippos are important all of a sudden to the story. And but here's the thing that infuriates Yeah, me. go ahead. Because Robert Redford is, is bidding against this lady for the hippo because he can see that Demi Moore is entranced by hippos, mm-hmm. right? It's at $50,000. And then from the, from the mysterious distance, a new bidder arises. Yeah. And what does he bid? A million. Demi sex money bids. He could have said 100000 and probably won that auction well, and still the, had 900 It's the gesture. I know it's the symbolic element. He doesn't want the money because it's like he, it, it cost him everything. He doesn't want it, and he wants he does. He, and she and then they have a heart to heart. She goes, "I really wanted you to have that money," and he says, "I really wanted you to have that hippo," which sounds like like an improv to me. But then Redford spying nope. them talking, right? And they are obviously he thinks they they're in love, right? I don't understand Even why they he are. gave up so fast. He gives up in a dumb way too. Mm-hmm. Tries to make it seem like he had planned it all along and that she's just another one of many. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and he and that's what I was saying. The movie tries to turn him into this good guy because it's they're in the limo. She starts to say, "Hey, let me out," and he goes, "Look, I just wanted to say that this has been fun, but you know, you're part of the one of the the million dollar club." And he gets you know Seymour Castle's driving, and he he's confused and he has to play along as understand what's going on. But what the movie's telling you is Redford's never done this before. He is in love with Demi Moore. But he's in love with her so much he wants her to be with Woody. And he's giving her this out, making her seem... And then she kind of catches on with what he's doing. She knows he's lying. It's a weird, like... Also, yeah, Here's what's funny, though. Yeah. I mean, if this it's movie well came out now... It's a well-acted, dumb scene. If the movie came out now, I think it would have been a little bit easier for people to uh, expect uh, the billionaire to be the, uh, the character you care about. Because billionaires, so hard not to feel for him. They're all perfect. He'd be a tech bro in this if it came out today. Well, not at that age. Not at Rot Redford. He's uh, They'd be bidding on a Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> but yeah, they do wind up together. This is the, And it's the worst. Because Adrian Lyon, once again, does not know. Is this a romantic comedy? Is it a, is it a steamy drama? Is it a fairy tale? She has the limo stop right where they're at mm-hmm. when she gets out. And she gets on a bus. And she goes to this this pier. Where, it's where in they... The, in the, in the shitty weather. Where they, he proposed to her, I think, or something. And Woody Harrelson happens to be there brooding as well. And they hold hands, and they're all loving each other in the end. And then, did you like what they said at the end? I thought it was a cute little Easter Let's... egg when they were showing the actors' names. Instead of Robert Redford, they, they said Bob, Bobber Bedford, which is cute, I thought. A little nod to... <laughs> I like the fact that um, she says... Do you know that I love you? Or whatever their stupid line is that they have for each other. Have I ever told you? And then he you jumps off the, <laughs> jumps off the pier to his immediate death. By the way, uh, let me go zooming in. His house sucks. The one he's his fancy design yeah. sucks. Well, that's kind of cool. I'd looks look like shit. And then she's holding his hand. Fortune to keep it hit hot and cold. He's like, she's like, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Another win for the movie microscope. Credits have begun though and what do you what you see in there I, I, there wasn't a ton of great credits i saw i saw kn i don't have kn kevin nolting it's like turn nick nolting, <laughs> nolting? into verb yeah kevin nolting who'd you see i saw mc oh you saw michael Koo. michael Koo. what a cute name awesome did you see t there's a by the way speaking of michael Koo, woody harrelson likens robert redford to a cuckoo bird he does this, which i thought was a pretty interesting yeah, it's a pretty elaborate like pull too. What are you saying? A cuckoo bird goes into other people's nests. 
and takes their shit. Yeah, just like, and, and then Renfro's and then like, Renfro's oh, is like, cuckoo birds are rich as fuck? I didn't know this. He's like, yeah, but the other thing about cuckoo birds you didn't mention is that they are always on time coming out of their hole, like I was this morning. <laughs> Do you TS? Elliot? No, I did not. Timothy Salmon in here. Tim Salmon, it's a former California Angel Oh, player. wow, look, I didn't know he transferred. I don't, th- I don't think it's the same guy, probably. Did you get P.S.? I don't have P.S. Now, the last name is Silva, but the first name is Pilo. Pilo? Pilo. Directed Catwoman? Pilo Silver. What a cute little name. Pilo. Direct, directed Catwoman. What was that guy's That's name? That's Peter Dinklage in the bathroom, right? Oh, you're talking about Pitoff? Did you get uh, B.D.? No. Little Dance. Nick Charles's bro? Isn't that the name of a famous fisherman from the old days? What? Like in the in the 80s, a famous f- celebrity fisherman? Bill Dance. There's a, there's a celebrity fisherman? I think his name, there was a guy named Bill Dance who used to have a show on TV that, never heard where he'd catch big mouth bass. Fair enough. I'll believe it. Did you get LC? No, I did not. Lucy Cold Snow hyphen Smith. Cold snow, and it makes you wonder. Those, you know, you know that the people back in the day would just name their fucking shit after whatever they felt like. Yeah, maybe be creative in your family, you piece of shit. It's an unnecessary description. Yeah, Cold exactly. Snow. Now, if it was hot snow, I'd be like, okay, I'm listening. Let's talk about it. I got GC in here. I don't. Greg Kurda. Yeah, I was. <laughs> look, I'm having trouble with the names. What about NL? NL, not don't know. Neil Loy. Loy? L-O-O-Y. Neil Loy. I did get one more that I thought was kind of fun to say. E-L. Edelef. L-E-F-F. That's a cool name. Edelef. Yeah. And then Michael Bay showed up in the credits. which Michael Bay and then Gary Plantiff is the other one I got. Oh, wow. Look, man, you've been forged into time to have your own tattoo put onto your body from Indecent Proposal. What you doing? Hmm. It's a good question. Like, what would you... I got a tramp stamp on me. I got a tramp Another stamp one. on my back abs. Sure. Yeah, and what I'm doing is it's it's uh, the corner of the Monopoly board, and it's got Redford laying back with his hands behind his shoulders on boardwalk, and around the corner is Woody on Mediterranean looking sad and destitute. And then Demi Moore is straddling both with her, her heat hanging over go. Straddling both properties. But she's cross and go at all times. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I just got a picture of uh, a, a likeness of Randy West in a tuxedo in front of a podium holding an Oscar for Be- for West Supporting Actor. <laughs> <laughs> West Supporting Actor. Let's move on. Look, movie's over, credits have rolled, but lo and behold, there's a stinger at the end. What you got? So they're holding hands at the pier. Where they first met, and she said, she says, did I ever tell you that I loved you? And he goes, he starts to cry a little bit, and he goes, how many times did you touch his balls? Tell me! <laughs> did he make you play with his balls? He's obsessed. What do they look like? She's and like, he busts out a sketch pad. She's I like, want there's you not to enough draw. fingers in the city to count how many times. Describe them to me. She's like, well, I can tell you everything that happened if you want. I just want to know about the plums he's obsessed <laughs> yeah yeah anyway he, you know he is a wreck and she's the one that had to do everything you know she had to do all that shit he just sat at home in a hotel room now he's all fucking crazy about it give me a break dude didn't do shit hypocrite too he was jacking off to robert redford pictures so mine is uh it's uh, the news it's a news break yeah it says uh today we mourn 
Abe, the million dollar hippo, and you see the zookeeper brooming the bones into a basket of this hippo that was unloved and unnourished. <laughs> Hugest fucking, they got gaslit by the zoo. <laughs> okay, look, they've, they've given you the finance and have your own sequel associated with Indecent Proposal. How are you going to take that hard iron and it's just creeped out of escrow's belly? So there's a flash. They're, they're, in, they're in their new place, and there's a flash of lightning. And this cyber, this guy that looks like he's got like cyber, yeah, like a, I don't know what, how, what's what's clothes from the future, Nick? Cyber armor? Sure. Just in a weapon. He goes, he appears in their room in a flash, and he looks at Demi, and they're they're shocked. And he goes, "You need to fuck John Gage again. I'm from the future. It goes bad if you don't." And uh, they realize as they're kind of looking at this guy stunned that it is. <laughs> A 105-year-old Robert Redford. <laughs> Got liquid pumping from outside the suits, keeping him alive. Came back in time to, so he could come in. I don't know, you know what I'm saying. You need to F John Gage again. What do you think? Yeah. That starts the I sequel. I love it. She's like, fine, I'll do it. I'm good. Where is he? Get his number? I think I still have his card somewhere. They cut to the suburbs in Maine. This guy named Lewis, he's like, I'm, he's watching Bloomberg. He's like, this guy is fucking badass at money. Let's name our son after him. And then a truck runs that little boy right over. <laughs> Poor little guy. So mine is, the sequel is Woody Harrelson uh, gets a email from Redford saying, your turn, a million bucks for uh, a night in your pants. And it's about that moral dilemma where he's got to decide if he's going to take his hairy pontiff into his loins and make it count. Right. Demi Moore's, Demi Moore's like, I mean, we're Eskimo brothers. Let's do it. This has been parodied in some movie. Was it like Dumb and Dumber? If anything, it has to be that Leslie Nielsen movie. I'm sure it's parodied in a bunch of stuff, but I think they do do yeah. it either in Dumb and Dumber or Kingpin. They might do it in Kingpin, actually. I doubt it. I doubt Kingpin. it. Kingpin. Yeah, maybe. Kingpin's a good movie. That Woody Harrelson's in. Okay, so let me let me change it then. Lewis Creed names his son after Robert Redford's character. <laughs> Look, you're in the movie. Mm. You've been inserted to the running time of Indecent Proposal. What shape does your performance take? I'm a lead, the lead singer of the indecent proposal band and i was at the casino and i got i i found i heard tell of these events when this happened and we have a band that has been inspired by these this is our this is our origin story is we became a band because of the indecent proposal so we're the indecent proposal band and all of our songs center around that story and we have songs like grabbing loose chocolates <laughs> uh boat tugging you know because you know that was happening <laughs> and our big hit, Platypus. Oh, bro, Oliver, huh? Uh, Platypus. Not bad, right? <laughs> They're an English band, too. <laughs> One decent proposal. Pretty good, right? And they just become huge. You know. Here comes Bathroom Blueprints. <laughs> so, so I am the housekeeper on his boat, the Griffin. Morning after, I am going through, shaking my head, blown away. I've gone through three buckets. Mm-hmm. I am cleaning Redford spunk off the drapes, the ceiling fan, the anchor. <laughs> How to get in the microwave? Baffling, but I get that thing spickety span for the next the next session. But man, what a cleaning job I got to me! What if they shot his? What if they shot Redford's O face? Like remember those nymphomaniac posters? The po- mm-hmm. remember the posters they did? Yeah, the various actors in the movie and and, and and the orgasm face. Is that what that was supposed to be? Yes, you know you know that right. I didn't know that, no. Yeah. 
I know Christian Slater is in one of them. He's happy. He has a, it's a show in his O face, I believe. I think that's what it is. Either that or they're just having sex, and the, the, that's a picture of their face having sex. But I think, anyway, yeah, Slater's. On. <laughs> How? I yeah, that's no, that's believe me. Did it you ever see those movies? Fuck no. Yeah, I see them there. Lars von Trier. Look, man, you've been tasked with having your own business. Having your own business associated with Indecent Proposal, what are you going to do with that hard-earned? Well, I'm making a game. Making the Indecent Proposal board game, and it's a deck builder. Okay. And there's just, you know how your deck, you, you, you build decks of cards based on characters, and they have different powers? Okay. This is a pretty thin deck. We've got <laughs> The villain, of course, is Robert Redford, but then you have to build a team to take him on. And his, of course, is associate Shackleford's getting in the way. Also, the woman at the casino... I don't know if you saw this. Whenever Robert Redford's gambling and everybody's crowding around, she she screams. There's like they all celebrate way too much about that dice roll. They, but she this is the, she scream like she's excited before it even happens. It's a weird way. So she's also one of the cards. And yet it's a deck builder. You have to take money. You basically have to. And Demi's power is she can have sex with Redford. And Woody's power is trying to stop that from happening. It's a, hard, hard to quantify, really. Yeah. Randy West is in there. Pl- He's, he swaps. He can be on either you side. You have to cover the Redford card with him from time to time. <laughs> this cunt double. Look. The deck builder. I have done the impossible and come up with the perfect business. Okay. I went on Shark Tank with it. Oh, wow. Yep. Mark Cuban. And I, w- and I went up there and I said, I got two words for you. Inflatable Shackleford. And I had to fight them off. <laughs> Why did you fight them off? You won a deal because they were all—they all wanted to participate. The, the, well, that, they, I've never watched a show. Yeah, the shark, Are they all out to be friends? Of course, they—they they, and they can. Sometimes they'll go in together, the sharks, and they'll—they'll oh. they'll both back you. But they usually want a percentage. So, yeah. Well, yeah, the business yeah. and um, yeah, I had to. They were fighting all over. They each might other want a royalty yeah. on every uh, shack inflatable shack sold up to a certain yeah. point. To the point where now everybody's getting served ads on their Facebook for inflatable Shackleford, and it's using the sharks. Want to be Damon? Damon um, says last I'm name. Mark Cuban, hurt. Mr. Wonderful. The lady who looks young in photos, and then you look at real pictures of her. Robert something. Hey, one of them's, one not, of them's a QVC a woman. I, I I know this. I know some some of them. Lori. Look, man, you've got to incorporate indecent proposals into your life through a mantra, screed, a tantric exercise, and whatever. My mantra is whenever I see something I know I can't afford, I'll say, I'm rich in life. How much money you have is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I'm rich in life. I've, I'm rich in friends, you know? Yeah. Rem- I'm, I'm remotely healthy. I, you know, I've got all, I was born in, the, in a country that allows me to be whatever I want. You know, I see the bright side. And then I realize, you know, no, you need to have lots of money. That's your mantra? Yeah. It's, it's, it's me going through the motions of feel feeling inferior, then making myself feel superior, and then realizing I'm even worse than I thought. My mantra is going to be taking that architecture speech about the brick and just yeah. insert it whenever sometimes people are like, how's your day? Did you go to the grocery store? Did you pick up? And I'll just, I'll just take a deep pause and go, even a brick wants to be something. The weird thing is, the only time you got fucking lambasted was they were asking, what's your favorite Ryan Johnson movie? What if some student in class raised their hand and said, a brick does not want to be something, actually. It's a fucking brick. It doesn't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, my dad got hit in the face with a brick. Oof. 
What did it want to be? My my dad's murderer? You're the worst teacher I've ever seen. That's a good story. Yeah. That's a good story I, for the sequel. I like how he says every brick wants to be something. He shows picture of the pyramids. All right, I get it. Then he shows the Colosseum. Zero bricks. What's it made out of? Not bricks. It's made out of columns and Colosseum meat. <laughs> That's where uh, Randy West was swinging between his... Uh... <laughs> Look, call him so, and, and then the editor hips. of the film said, "You ain't gonna see him meet." Look, you're on an island. You've been tracked through this many years, gathering debris from films. And now it's time to take something from a decent proposal. What you bring in? Oof. I don't know. I might take a handful of those sweet, the sweet, sweet gift about... shop chocolates. That oh, okay. I thought you were talking about her. Put it in her purse. No, dude. Get your mind out of the gutter. I think I'd take a handful of those. You know the Breast. chocolates that were just kind of loose chocolates that were on a plate, and you're not supposed to have it unless you're uh, gonna buy a dress. Yeah. She took about twelve. Dumped them in her purse. They look good to me. Those look okay. tasty. I'll take those. What about you? Were those Whitman? Were they Whitman sampler they meats? Is that, is that the most depressing box in the world? Whitman samplers? The Whitman sampler. Is that the most depressing box ever it's created? It's down sometimes. I mean, there's a lot of things I'd like to take from this movie to my personal island. There's a lot of things that speak to me in this movie. I might back it up and take that guy's salad shirt, by the way. Remember the Caesar salad guy? Got the salad stains on him? Excuse me, let me interrupt you. I'm gonna let me throw those chocolates back and take that salad shirt instead. I love how you take the salad shirt knowing full well there's a paperclip shirt out there. There's so many things I want to take for my own secret needs. Mm-hmm. You know, like John Gage to work it. So what I'm gonna take is the thing that needs to be token, the most need to be taken thing. What? Three unloved dogs in this movie. Oh my goodness! The fucking the white dog that's everybody's best friend when it serves the plot. Ignored when they got to go to Vegas and lose everything. Right. Ignored when they got to get railroaded by Mr. John Gage. Here, Ignored when I got to go speak to useless students about bricks. And then the other two dogs, one of them's a schnauzer, the other one's a dog of shape, mm-hmm. bought strictly to appease a woman who then leaves and are left to rot in a mansion. Now they're all three on my island getting fed, getting pet, getting to run free in the sunlight. No need for any sorts of reprimanding. You could bury your stool in the sand wherever you'd like. Mm-hmm. You're free. You're you're loved. You're given a life where you you mean something. Pet them. Can I back you up a little no bit leash, real quick? No collar. Yeah. You're talking about how free they are. And you say you can bury your stool in the sand wherever you like. So they have to bury their stool. It sounds like you got rules. Well, you know, what happens when a dog if they takes don't it, follow the rules, you know? Your rules. I'm saying they have the ability. They can. You know, dogs will do that awful pretend de- like burying thing that they do. Mm-hmm. If they do that on the beach, there's a good chance they're going to knock some sand onto the shit. Right. And if they don't? It'll harden and turn white, just like everybody else needs. The whap! I'm like, my, I'm like, listen from my island, what? What's that? Another whack! Look over Absolutely there. not. Got a big old rolled up newspaper and smacking them <laughs> damn dogs. Uh-uh. Because they're not, because uh, they I. won't spill the deets on the scromping that happened in that mansion. <laughs> I brought you here for one reason. Learn how to yeah. talk like a human and tell me what positions they did first words the dog utter you could have brought their sex to this island and and see it for yourself the whap and then i look and i see you smashing it to the <laughs> to the conversation lay off on your rocket justin did that and then i look and i was like wait a minute it's fucking randy west jacking off for justin Dreams do come true. See the signs, I'm a washed 
Just to ask yourself